talking all things pinball and arcade across New Zealand and beyond. You are listening to Simon's Pinball Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of my Pinball Podcast. Today you are going to hear from a young Tyler Dipper who is 15 years old and lives in Hawke's Bay in the North Island of New Zealand. Hawke's Bay is a smallish community but big enough to have a couple of prominent pinball collectors there and they do host events around Matariki time which is our winter time and uh, Tyler Dipper does travel for pinball. He goes to Auckland, Christchurch, Wellington as well and also recently he has spent some time in Germany and that culminated in him representing New Zealand. He was the only New Zealand competitor this year um, at the world, the very prestigious World Championships where he rubbed shoulders with the great names of pinball in the top echelons of pinball. There is a personal connection to Tyler. Um, I would have to say that uh, he's adopted me or I've adopted him and his brother as honorary nephews um, since we met uh, about three years ago. And I'm a good friend of the families. I try and get up to Hawke's Bay when I can and uh, hang out with them. So yes, I'm very happy to have Tyler speaking to me on this podcast. I did want to talk to him um, before he competed in Germany because I think he might have a great um, perspective of on pinball from being a youth, um, being at his young age. I'm really interested to hear his take on pinball um, as a young person. And uh, so um, I hope you will enjoy the conversation. Thank you. Hawks Bay. I came up yesterday to um, surprise a young Tyler Dipper who has just come back from Germany. Um, apologies in advance. I had COVID a couple of weeks ago and I've still got a bit of an itchy throat. I'm completely COVID negative now, but um, I'm still trying to recover from that. And Tyler, you've got a, you've had a, temp, a season change. Yep, I went directly from summer to winter, so I'm like a little bit cold, a little bit blocked up, but that's well, we'll, all good. I've got some lozenges, a coffee, and orange juice, and you've got a drink too, so we'll see how we go. Um, so welcome to my um, stable of podcasts. Mm. You are number 20. This I'm is number 20. 20th chat, and um, like I say, I came up um, just to do a surprise welcome to you with some other people who came from out of town and also some local people, um, you were surprised, weren't you? I was extremely surprised, you know, I was thinking that I was going to come home just to my family, who would just sit there and, you know, then go over everything that happened, and I'll just have to just sit there and so listen. We, we had all the balloons up, they had mm. Welcome Home Tyler, mm. and you immediately, you walked into the room and you saw the balloons and you saw the pinball machines on, mm. and... That was your so your initial thoughts were so my initial thought well I also saw my friends my friends oh, came yes. along yes, yes um, and they they were just sitting there there was two of them and um, so I thought oh yeah mum's just invited yeah the friends probably Sean's on his way you know type thing and I saw the balloons and I was like man they've gone quite 
quite far for that, but they didn't really have to do that. I saw the machines on, which obviously meant they'd been playing it. So, you know, felt all okay about it. And then I hear these guys out the back of the house saying, uh, what was, what's I want to rock and roll all night. I <coughs> want to rock and roll. And then, and then they just walk out wearing kiss masks. Because I had, uh, we'll talk about this later, but I did just buy a kiss pimple machine. So they came out and they were singing these songs and I was just standing there going, who the hell are they? Those masks, the masks were so good that I didn't recognize well, credit, anyone. Credit to your brother Josh who, who spent a bit of time making those masks. One of them like what's like a paper plate or something. Mm. Anyway, he painted them up to look like Kiss. There's one that looks like a monkey, a monkey Paul Stanley. Yeah. I was Ace Freely. Mm. And, and, I, and I know you did not know who I was because when I lifted the mask, you had the, the um, genuine look of surprise. <laughs> yeah, I was really surprised because I was like, why? I, I still didn't get... Uh, I mean, I know there was reasoning to come down, come all the way here for that. And I knew that, yeah, that's cool. And then, then when I realized that one of the other people, one of the others was from Christchurch... That's when I got really surprised. Yeah. Because flying down here is insanely expensive these days. It takes a bit of effort to get from Christchurch to Hastings. I remember um, just after COVID where they had a special seven dollars a flight or something. Um, just just over just a quick uh, dash over the ditch. Well, the reason mm. the reason we're here, Tyler, mm. is because you did exceptionally well in Germany at the World Championships, and we'll get onto that um, certainly. Um, but I'd like to sort of start with some uh, foundation kind of um, dialogue. Yeah. And uh, but first of all, you spent six months in Germany. Hey, it wasn't just a trip for the competitions. No, you, you... it wasn't. I went to Germany mainly to learn German um, to keep that side of my of myself alive because my dad's German, my mum's New Zealand, so I needed to keep at least the German side alive. I hadn't really been able to speak German and I felt a little annoyed because I didn't know how to speak to my grandparents. I never actually properly, never remember properly speaking to my grandparents because I never knew how to. Yeah, and you lived with them while you were there, right? So, yeah, and I lived with them while I was there and I was able to talk with them. You know, I, I was... That how was, was, how was school? Good. Was school German, mostly German or a mix of German so, and English? I got really lucky. <clears throat> I got into a huge school with 2,000 students and it's full of the top of the top kids. So they do the um, the system where they have the all of the smart students uh, up the top, and all of the um, uh, are in this one big school um, in their area. And then mm -hmm. there's like the there's a lot of these middle schools. So they're the they're the okay students, mm -hmm. quite usual mm -hmm. students. And then there's another school. academically sort of middle mm -hmm. middle middle of the road. Yeah. And yep. some of them are middle to top. Uh, anyway, and then there's the people at the bottom. But people have different strengths, so there could be... Is there a focus on sporting with some schools? And, it's and... in... Really, they focus on the more or less tech... I would say technical side of it, so your math and your English. So you learn... You have to be fluent in English. Mm -hmm. Then your French or Latin, which is another language that they learn. And um, I was lucky enough to jump into a class with the Ukrainian refugees to learn German, which was really nice, you know, to meet them, to talk with them. 
Um, they're actually really nice people. You Ooh. don't think of them as different. I would have met. I wouldn't have thought of them as other as different people. I, th I think it's great to to learn about other cultures. Mm. Um, and how did you find the language at school? The, 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 being in predominantly German speaking school. So yes, it's um, so yeah. The German school is mainly German. Luckily though, every single year group from <coughs> seventh uh, seventh year on to all the way to the end have got these things called bilingual classes. That means there's one one out of the ten classes in the in the year are bilingual. So they speak German and English fluently and they half of their lessons are in German, half of them are in English. So I was able to jump into that class. Um mm. cool. And I was able to speak uh, be able to do half in English, but the German side was different. Awesome. Mm. And we'll move on to um more pinball related stuff. Yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's get back to now. Pinball. Now, when I first met you, you were twelve. Mm. Um, but you, you're fifteen now, so that was um, four years ago, mm. um, or you were eleven. So you, four years ago, you experienced pinball for the first time. Mm. Um, that was your first comp at the corners place. Mm. So what did you, what did you make of that when you were eleven? So I mean, I just thought of this as a nice party because I, I hadn't. I mean, I had seen Linda before, not at their house directly, but you know. When I go with my dad to work during the holidays, you know, I go, hi, Linda, and there's Linda in the corner, you know, doing her work, and I go into dad's office, you know. Anyway, um, so I didn't think much of it. I thought it was quite fun, you know, quite interesting. Mm. Um, I know one of my classmates was also there, so. Cool. Mm. And then I met you in the second comp that you went to where I brought the kiss machine to mm. their place. And you, what did you come, second or third in that comp? Third. Third. And you took away a trophy, third place, in your second ever comp. Mm. And I remember playing you on the kiss, and you were determined to take me down. Um, and I couldn't let you win that one. <laughs> no. I, so, if it, for so reference, at that point, we were sitting... It was the top five at that point, because the round before, me and Adam Corner got a bye. So, what it meant, what, what I, when I say bye, it was like a three-strike. How do you get a bye? Well, one of the guys had to go to a concert the next day or something. Right. And he was like, oh, I've got to leave. So um, he was still in. Oh, so they so just played an extra round. By, by and default, was, you took a win, win each. By, by default, there. we took an, a win because he had jumped down and was a three-player group. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then we had got to the final five. I was sitting on one strike. Simon was sitting on one strike. So we ended up playing against each other. Final five is three, a uh, three-player group and a two-player group. And that was on the KISS game. You obviously... No, the um, first game was actually Star Trek. Oh, Star Trek. That's right. Yes. So on the Star <coughs> Trek, I was able to beat Simon, mm -hmm. which was interesting. Yeah. And then we had to play each other again. And I was still on one strike. Simon was on two. And I was on KISS and I put up 24 million, which to some of you would sound like no points. But at that point... This is a really local comp. No one, no one, um, I, I mean, no one really knew that kiss except for Simon. Obviously. And I had to chase you. And he had to chase that. And um, 24 million, I mean, that is completing a mode. So it's not as easy as you think, but it is still, yeah. you know. I managed um, to do it anyway that day. Managed to do it. And then we'd gone down to the final four yeah. with uh, Linda and Adam Corner. Who were the uh, people who ran the comp? Simon and me. And Doctor Who was that the final game? The 
Twilight Zone? Was it Twilight Zone? I think it was Twilight Zone. I thought I bombed out on Twilight Zone. Mm. I think it was Doctor Who because another comp was Twilight Zone. Anyway, it doesn't matter, but we got first, second, third, um, myself, Adam, and yourself. Mm. And uh, let's talk a little bit about your parents' collection because it wasn't long after that that you got the first machine in your home collection, which was Last Action Hero. Last Action Hero, the... 1992? I think it's early 90s, yeah. Yes, somewhere <coughs> around there game from Data East. And we won't go into too much detail, but um, that was followed with a whodunit, which mm. have both since been sold. Mm. There and, was... and then you've got some old games, Vector and a Shrek. Um, well, sorry, not, that's not too old, but the Big Brave and the Sky Jump came in. Uh, no good gophers. I've written these down. You see, your dad was uh, helping me with the chronology. Mm. Um, and then no good gophers actually replaced Who Done It. So Who Done It went first. Oh, I see. Okay. So, but your collection has been a mixture of new games and old games. Mm. So, what's your take on um, why do you like pinball? So, um, I personally like pinball because it's not video games. I, I have. I have this really, I don't, I mean, I like to play video games, so the, so these are new video games on computers, but I don't play on a computer. Um, I do, I do like to play video games every once in a while, but, um, pinball just is, uh, you're there, you actually have to stand up, you know, move your arms trying to save the ball and you've got to concentrate, um, and focus on it, and you actually play against other people properly, like right there in person. You know, when I um, when I play a comp and I'm finish, I'm finishing off a round. I, I might just walk up to Simon and to have a nice chat to him. <laughs> Unlike on video games where you finish off a game and you go, Ah, damn it, that was a horrible game, and then <laughs> press start again. Yeah. But um. So the social and it's physical. And it's social, physical. You know, I. I personally have really sore. I had super sore legs after, after some of the comps, you know, that go on for a weekend. So because... you you've got a collection that has brand new games: Godzilla, Jurassic mm. Park, now Guardians of the Galaxy, um, and you've got a collection that has really old games. Mm. So you like playing both, um, both and... ends of the spectrum. Yes, so you know, if I'm <clears throat> if I'm like. In the afternoon, getting ready for at night, getting ready for bed. I don't mind playing an old game because then, you know, I just play and it's gone gone in five minutes, and then, uh, then again, the new games I love to I love to play them, to you know go through them because there's a lot more complicated things in it. And you're good with rules. I'm I'm getting a lot better with rules. You know, I like to. What I usually do on games is I work out a... Well, on these games, I just play them, try to get to the end of the game. Um, but on most games, I've been starting out doing little tournament rules that I write down. So, you know, for instance, on a game, it might be start this and start this at the same time to get a certain amount of points. Because I know I can do that even if I have a bad game. Mm. So... So you've, you're figuring out nuances of the code as you play them, and also do you watch tutorials? And... I, I do watch some tutorials if I don't know the game. Usually if it's an older game, I don't watch the tutorials because 
usually it's just simpler things like there's only one shot that's lit and all I do is I just go up to it and use 60 seconds to read what's mm. going on and um you know see that it says hit all of these down for 5000 points or shoot the spinner for 100 a spin unless it's lit um and if it's lit it's worth 1000 yeah so you you had a taste of a couple of tournaments when you were young 11 12 mm. and then your parents got invested in pinball machines and you started traveling to mm. Christchurch Auckland Wellington for various events how did you find going and getting into that kind of competition circuit? Mm, I actually felt quite good because, you know, um, for instance, now when I'm now that I'm back, I'm trying to go down to... Uh, my parents are checking because they're wondering, should we go to Auckland because there's, there's two comps in one weekend? Or Wellington because there's two comps on the same weekend. And, you know, I'm um, with this going around the country to get to things so i'm just like i want to go to wellington to see let's say hamish guthrie or ashley burke who are <laughs> great great friends and great people yeah um but then again i might want to go to wellington to see carter who is a um auckland uh, auckland uh auckland to see carter or dave pick you, um, you make lots of friends all over the country with your mm. um, with your hobby yeah. And and in terms of um, the collections, it's really interesting because, I mean, I've had for like 40 years of pinball. Mm -hmm. You've had four. Mm -hmm. um, but you've played so many games in that time. And we're going to get on to the international comps in a second. Um, but mm -hmm. you, 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 you've you actually... I've, I've often thought that the young generation have everything... Because when I was your age, we only had games from 1980 early and earlier, like 80s games... And then the 90s came about. But you've got this kind of breadth of titles to choose from. If you can find them in, in collections. Yeah. Um, so when you go to Dave Peck's, do you spend a lot of time on the old games? Or do you do you get on the new games? Or you just do a mixture of both? To be honest, I just love... Now, now after coming back, I just really love the old games. They're just... So good, like, I can't wait to go to Dave's because I want to grind on Dolly Parton because I find that now that I know how to play it, it just looks so fun. Yeah. It's just such a cool game. That's one of my... Now it's one of my dream things because it's just such a fun game. Yeah. And um, it's and it looks really nice with the other. Do you... I know you, know, now you listen to podcasts, don't mm. you? So you go yes. to bed, listen to podcasts at night. Mm -hmm. um, so you must be getting familiar with the designers... And do you follow designers' work, the chronology of their, their games, their titles? Yes, I do like to go um, and have a look at designers to see how they are. For instance, you know, I love Steve Ritchie because he does some really good shot maps. I like his shots. His just It's just in the right place. But then again, I like um, someone else for their... Keith Elwin. For Yeah, Keith Elwin for how he likes to, you know, for instance, maybe combos and combos, how he likes that and... His way of putting all the things together, and um, yeah, I do like to follow the designers. That's awesome. Uh, so you you've got a quite a broad um, <clears throat> uh, you 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 favour you have broad favouring of, of different machines. Um, so <clears throat> let's talk about going to Germany for the competitions. Mm. So when you had the opportunity to do the student exchange. Um, you knew that there would be quite a lot of competitions sort of towards the end of your time there. 
mm. and uh, you you took part in those. You got to meet the German. Was he number one at the time you at arrived? At the time, he was actually number two because uh, the other German, Johannes Ostermeyer, who who just won the world champs. We might talk later about yeah. that. Um, he was still sitting ahead, but yeah, German number two. Paul Anglet. Yeah, Pink Paul Anglet. So you met up with him um, about what about a month ago or a couple of months a ago? Month, yeah, so about a month before the World Champs, he came to this open day at a pinball place that was nearby, and I was also there because it's an open day. You know, I can play pinballs, and his um, his pinball machine. He's he's just was playing, like, Metallica, and he put up 130 mil first ball, and he reset the game because it wasn't good enough. He reset the game, okay. He was in the insane level of player. really, really skilled. Um, And suddenly you were were around people who were um, very sharp players. And talk about the collections that you found in, um, in Europe and Germany. Mm. You, you you found some really amazing collections. The difference between here and Germany is here. There's lots of older games. You know you you see a lot more older games, but in Germany, my God, they're all just belly nineteen ninety games and newer. Yeah. Like I was in, um, uh, like all of the collections that I saw really just had new games and then a couple old ones. Mm. So, uh, what was interesting, though, is I found some really rare games. Like, these collections have rare, rare games. So, there's this one called Atlantis. Mm-hmm. I saw it twice in two collections. And apparently, there's only, like, 250 left in the world. Yeah, Belly Atlantis isn't... There's not very many. I think mm. it's a Dennis Nordman design. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, no, I played that in, um, in, uh, in Maine, Portland, Maine. There was a collector there that had a Bally Atlantis. That's the only time I've seen it. But you would have had the the, the European manufacturers as well. Yeah, there? there was a lot of... Um, so, Pinball Brothers, uh, they made Alien and the latest Queen pinball machine. I was able to play their games. They mm. were around there. Mm. Um, there's this other pinball company that made this machine called Hoop. Mm-hmm. And I think they... Uh, Super Hoop. Um, that's a French pinball company. They also did that... Um, space hunt or something like that, um, just a homemade theme right. that that's just came out. Um, right. But also, like mm. Dark Rider, Dark Rider is a reskin of Bally Star Trek. Yes, and that was made for the European market, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, oh no. Well, uh, th- I think that was just a homebrew at their. Oh, was it a homebrew? Yeah. Okay. Just a. Um, well, it was. So, uh, if anyone doesn't know, re- it's a reskin is practically just just strip the playfield of everything and just repaint over it and make yeah. it a new thing. I thought it was actually manufactured by a company. Okay, mm. that's that's interesting. I've learned something there. Um, so the European competitions, um, talk about those. You you there was a few of them in the lead up to the world champs. So yeah, um, while my while my parents were there, there we wanted to go around to many pinball competitions as as we could. We didn't want to sit at home and do nothing while we we're in Germany. We want to probably. Mm get out and do something yeah so we went along to a total of around about i think it was a total of 10 10 pinball competitions wow and um they they weren't two big comps but um they were competitions we were able to meet people 
Yeah. That's cool. Um, you, you said there was one that the guy had a collection of all alleys with toppers and, and they were just amazingly immaculate condition. Yeah. There's a lot of money being spent on those games. And you met Jim Lindsay, um, JDL Pinball? Yes, I met him at a at that guy's house, actually. So he it was in Belgium, a guy named Kurt Louis, and he's got a collection of all alleys. All of his games are in extremely mint condition. Um, I would have expected that they were taken out of the box the day before. Yeah. Even the older games. I thought, I thought, man, did he just take them out of the box? <laughs> they were just... So, so Jim, mm. Jim does a uh, stream, Twitch streaming service for most of the major events. And um, you got onto the commentary. He, he invited you onto the commentary desk a yes. few times. So he was quite interested in um, me at the start because I was from from the other side of the world. Mm -hmm. doesn't get that often. Yep. So he was interested in seeing me, um, and uh, he put me onto the uh, up to the mic after the first round, because I had a quick round. So we just chatted, and then after that we chatted more, and then I got interested. You got quite... I got quite interested in the streaming setup, mm. and um, uh, then learnt how to... I saw him moving, and I was like, Oh, I'll just watch. Uh, and then I was like, oh, can I help? And then I was able to, I learned how to move this rig around into different machines. Because he didn't have his wife there at the time. Yeah. So he would have to stream, talk, and then move the rig and sit. He had to do everything. Yeah. Instead of being able to just talk on the mic while, and he was also playing. So um, he wasn't able to just talk on the mic uh, and then just go and play his tournament. Yeah. He had to move the machine as well, which is super difficult. He needed he needed some helpers. Um, now that's really cool. It was great to see you on the commentary um, mm. live streams and getting some experience with that. So we might as well move on to the World Championships mm. because um, just for some context, um, there's not we, we we only in the last sort of ten years have New Zealand been sending. Uh, have we been as New Zealand been represented in the world champs and uh, Dave and Danny have been there BJ and myself and Kim Dozier mm. have all um, represented New Zealand over the years and this was a, a huge opportunity for you to play uh, representing New Zealand at the most difficult competition in the world against mm. the best players in the world <coughs> so how are you feeling about firstly how are you feeling about going into that so um well, I mean, we need to start with the build-up, because we, the weekend before was the European Pinball Championship. So, prior to the World Champs, um, I had just been reminding myself that I had absolutely no pressure going into this. I was the uh, second lowest ranked, so the se people would say the second worst, but the second lowest ranked player there. Um... Now, so, the, field, the field was 80 now. It used to be 64, 80. 64 mm. but now they've extended it to 80 people, 80 uh, participants. Mm. So you were the second, you were the 78th or 79th. Um, ranked there, yes. And so I felt no pressure. All I had to do was not come last. And that was my only goal, which is an easy goal. Yeah. For me, because it's just not coming last. Oh, that's all I had to focus on. The, you talked about the European Championships. Were the games set up as tough at the European Championships? The European Championships were actually t uh, set up tougher 
Mm-hmm. So we went along and played. My dad actually, we he wiped a machine and he tilted the game. Wow! Because uh, the tilt was so tight um, that he was just wiping it and it tilted. Wiping the glass. Yep. Yeah. I did. Uh, you couldn't actually move the machines. I was, I wasn't even touching it that often. Yeah. You know. And you had to use 60 seconds of waiting because if you didn't wait for 60 seconds, then the game would tilt through yeah. when you started playing. Sure, yeah. Because the tilt bob was still going. Was that across the board with a lot of the machines? Or was that it just was a, all of them. All of them, wow. They, you, couldn't, you couldn't really move any of them because so, of that. So for the, for the, for my, from my memory of the worlds, and, and I did it once in Copenhagen in 2017 and again in Toronto... 2018 I didn't place very well in either of those but it was a great experience mm-hmm. um, my memory of it is that they remove the rubbers off the outlines mm-hmm. and sometimes they remove the posts themselves of the outlines yes. they turn off all ball savers mm-hmm. and they make the tilts very tight yes so that was the same for you for it this, was for this the same um, that was really exactly how they set it up they also um, I think they also, died. Uh, they didn't do much other things, you know, uh, just set all the machines to extremely difficult in mm. any way possible. Because they don't want two world champions playing for half an hour to an hour. Yeah. They want to make it a li- an elimination bracket. If you think about it, if a, if some guy, if all four of you, all four of the people play extremely good games on, on a game that is set up easy, then, well... I know when I play a game at home, and I do really well, I play for 45, well, 30 minutes, maybe. Yeah. Yep. And you times that by four, that's two hours. I watched Colin McAlpine on Sorcerer, mm. and he played that for about 40 minutes. Yeah. And, and, and it took a long time to get through that game. So let's talk about the format. Mm. Um, there's six rounds, and each round has three games against the same four with the same four people mm. six rounds on day one and two rounds on day two that's quite a long day mm. and you've got to make the cut line of uh, the top 32 out of 80 yes so how were you feeling going the first round was a slaughter round mm. so you were playing the the 78th ranked player was playing against the second mm-hmm. and the two and two guys in the middle so i think it was 41st and 39th so you were playing against Jason Zala, yes. who was now who was now, oh, who was now the number actually, one. Was it Jason? I, I don't know exactly who I was th- facing. In the first, I think it was. I think your dad said it was Jason in the first round. All right, and, it might have been. And and he is now the world number one. Mm-hmm. So how were you feeling going into that first game? First game, I just felt I was nervous because you know first game you always get comp nerves. Any comp, uh, first game you just get a little bit nervous. Um, that first round was also difficult bank for me. I didn't like the games on it. And I got third, third, and a fourth, which is actually quite good because I was the fourth the fourth worst in the yeah. group. Yeah. Awesome. So, <clears throat> And six rounds on day one, and you must have come home thinking, oh, yeah, I'm about the middle of the field, which was way better than I ever did. <laughs> yeah. And then you returned the next day, and then something pretty amazing happened in those so, the two rounds on day two. So, yeah, so uh, I'll just bring everyone into context. So they were saying that you needed 100 points to get into the top 32. So 100 points is um, what you have to get. So 
uh, then um, at that point in the day, I uh, after the first day, I was on 43rd with, I think it was 73 points. Um, so going into those two rounds, I, I was too focused on the people at the back to think that I could have a chance to get to the front. Mm. So I was looking and I was thinking, okay, if last place or second to last place, they need to win every single game and then they get ahead of me if I lose every single game. So that's all I was thinking about. I was way too focused on that. And then in the first round, I got a, um, it was a 11 points in that round mm -hmm. um, out of a possible 21, which is good. So that, I think it was first, second, fourth. Oh no, no, that's 13. So some something like something that. Something like that. Yeah, second, second, fourth. And uh, that kept me on 43rd-ish. Mm. And then in the last round, I wasn't even thinking about making finals. I was still thinking, okay, I just have to do averagely and then I will get quite good in this comp. And then I got first, first, second. So 19 points wow. on top of that to get me to 104. And I was just like, wait a minute. 104, they were estimating 100. I might be in. <laughs> and I qualified place, uh, technically it was 22nd equal, but they broke it down and I got put in 27th. Wow. Mm. And that's, um, so that was great. And we, we at home, it was really funny because by this stage it was about one in the morning. Mm. And we were all so excited because even though you weren't on this Twitch stream with JDL, we had your dad sending us messenger updates and we said, um, he said, Tyler's in the finals, he's made the top 32. And we were all so happy, we didn't want to go to bed. So we stayed up for the next hour and a half. I did a little live stream music. I tried to keep people entertained. I don't know how many people were watching. And then we were all there for you for the finals. And again, you weren't Twitch streamed, but your dad was sending us fantastic updates. Mm. So I've taken the um, liberty here of writing down the games that you played. <laughs> Should we go through them one by one? I would like to. I would yeah. like to. And I hope that people are not bored. If you are bored, you can just switch off. But um, we're going to get into a bit of detail with the games that you played because your first round in the finals, you'd made the top 32 and it was against a guy who was then ranked 15th in the world, I think. Tra yes. Travis Murray. So He's also a podcaster, Triple Drain Pinball podcaster. Shout out, shout out to them. They're a really good podcast. You've been listening to Travis... I've been listening to Travis for years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, year. A year at least. So that must have been cool. You're going into a round of best of of seven. Of best of five. Uh, best, sorry, best of five. Six. Six. Best of six. Well, sorry. It must, it must be seven if it's... No. Be... So um, how this works is oh, you yes, pick three games each. Um, one from the old, one from the mid, one from the new. And they get meshed in between the other, the other guys' picks. And if you go 3-3 three, three after the first round, then there's another three-game right, tiebreak. Right, that's right. So it is best of six. Mm. And so Travis had the first pick of the game. And, and so, was... well, you pre-pick. So you um, he gets he goes first pick, then I go second pick, he goes third pick, fourth pick, and I, fifth is his, sixth is mine. Yeah. But um, you pick them before the whole entire, right. before you start. You pick the sixth game before you even start. Right. And... Usually you pick your games, and you can play them in whatever order you want, but he starts on his games, um, and he started off with his old game, which was Harlem Globetrotters. 
And how did you how did you how did you feel about that? Um, well, Harlem Globetrotters is a fun game. Mm. I don't I don't mind playing it. It's quite it's quite fun, quite interesting. It's kind of like Dolly Parton for me, but it isn't as good in my view. Mm-hmm. And mm. he won that one. And he won that one, so he put up five hundred thousand. I only had a hundred, so. And then you picked Dark Rider. And then I went on with my first pick, which were I I just wanted to get through them. You know, I was like. Yep. Why don't we just play another old game, Dark Rider? So this, that's the re-theme, reskin of uh, Star Trek. Yeah, and he didn't. Did he know that game? He wouldn't have known it. No. At all. So he didn't know that the spinner was turned off, and he didn't really know exactly what to shoot. So he went straight for the spinner because oh, spinner three hundred a spin. Yeah. Not turned on. <laughs> he only realised that after the first ball. Um, and that was enough to give me a little advantage, and I was able to take that out. So that was one each by that stage. Third game, Sorcerer. He picked Sorcerer. Um, yep, yeah, Sorcerer. If you pick it, you know that means you know it. So he played it for a while. I played okay on it. And he won that one. He so won on that so one. So you're doing do-si-do at this point. Yeah. Grand Lizard, your uh, choice? I, I picked Grand Lizard because the lock shot is extremely difficult, and you can't backhand it. So they've gone put an extra wide rubber on it, so you can't actually shoot. It's difficult, super difficult to shoot that lock shot, which he didn't know at that point, again. And I just played up the top, and when it came down to the bottom, if I had a chance, I might have gone for the lock shot. If I got a lock, then I'd unlock it from the top. You can lock it up the, t- unlock it yep. up the top. I put up a good score. He couldn't catch because he was too busy going for the locks. Would you say that he didn't, didn't know the game? Didn't. I'd say he knew the game. He knew how to play it. Mm. He just didn't know that in particular game. Right. And how how it's different because you can't hit that lock and, you know, um, just small things like that. that so he, he chose Godzilla after that. And he chose did, Godzilla. How did you feel about when you... Because you know Godzilla really well. Yeah, but um, I always had the feeling when I play Godzilla that they know it better. Because I don't, I don't go... I haven't really got that far at home because I don't play it too often um, and I don't actually go full out just trying to go for the wizard mode I quite like to you know go for points and just mix a multi-ball with a mode so he was he just put up a good score I couldn't catch it yeah. simple so he, he wins he, he wins that one so it's still one one for one well, and then Jurassic Park must have been your choice so I picked Jurassic oh now it's that's the fifth game so oh you, Oh, so now we've got the decider. So this was the he Sudden. was sitting on three points. I was sitting on two. If he won, he would have won. If I won, I was causing a tiebreak. Yeah. And then on Jurassic Park, I put up forty million, which is uh, for that because it was extremely difficult mode. Um, that's actually an average score. Yeah, it's not too bad. People and watching at home just, don't understand how difficult these you games are. You have no idea how difficult it is there. And you, you see, oh, 40 million, I could get that any day, but not on these machines. <laughs> no, not on these machines. And um, he just lost it. Uh, I think he missed He missed the ramp. If you know God's, if you know Jurassic Park, uh, the ramp shot, he... Shot it there, didn't go all the way up, it went down the middle. Oh no, okay. And uh, that was his last ball, and he only needed 10 mil. Yeah, so that, that must have been a relief for you. That caused the tiebreaker? Yes, so t- how the tiebreaker works is the highest ranked, him, he got to pick the first game, 
Then the second game is picked by whoever lost the first game. Mm. And the last game is picked by whoever lost the second game. Right. So... So he chose the Beatles. He chose the Beatles. And on that game, I just learnt um, the multi-ball is on the last ball. You can pick it. Um, so I... Um, he was well ahead. He was he was well ahead. He put up, I think, 2.2 million on that game. And I was sitting on 300,000. So um, it was quite a margin to catch. And then I just played and played and played. And apparently, from what my dad hears, he was just sitting there and he was going, Oh, God, he hits again. Oh, he got the jackpot. And I kept playing and playing and playing. And then there was a super jackpot, which is near where... If you know Beatles, there's the fab on the left side. Yeah. And I shot in there and I got like a million. And there was... And I won. That's I amazing. took it out somehow. And um, we were all worst... cheering. We were all cheering back at home, I can tell here's you. Here's the worst part, though. They had the streaming rig on it, and I was like, oh, yes, we're going to be streamed. We're going to be playing. So, you know, I put in two players while the streaming rig was on it, and then Dina Lindsay, so uh, the streaming, <coughs> went over and took the streaming rig off. Oh, no. Before oh. the game. So we didn't mm. get to watch you live, but we were there We were there getting the messenger updates. And so that was interesting mm. because um, that meant uh, that you uh, that meant he chose the next game, so he got to choose two in a row. Mm. He chose Avengers. He then picked Avengers. This Avengers was extremely weird. It was weird because I think the flippers were a little down, so I was missing my shots a little bit, which was okay. It just meant I had to shoot this shot to get this shot, um, but. Uh, he was able to win that one. Do you he... know Avengers? Because that's uh, yeah. not a game that you've had a lot of time on, is it? No, there's no Avengers in my ear in the area around here. But from my knowledge, I I know a little bit. You know, I know how to start a mode. You played it at Kim's plenty of times. I've played it at Kim's plenty of times. So Kim Dozer in um, Christchurch. Christchurch. Uh, so you had Travis on the ropes at this point. At this he, point, he yeah. To, if I had to win, win, he had to win to cause the last game tiebreak. Mm. Uh, so. Um, I know a little bit about it. I started a mode and a and a multi ball, but the multi ball went quickly because it's no ball safe. Um, and he was just able to play and play. He yeah. just so took he, it out. He took that one, which made it sudden death. Sudden death four four, which is extreme. You don't get to a four four that yeah. often. Yeah. So tell me about the game that you chose for so the final game. In my last game, I so I'd been in. Germany for a while and I just loved this game called Scorpion from Williams which is an old 1980 game extremely wide body so it's a really wide game and I just love this uh, this pin I was able to six about the time of firepower mm, yes so it wasn't really that boosted up because firepower was there and some of these other games were going big um, and I just love this game, and also, uh, it's, like, difficult. It's actually really, to be honest with you, it's kind of difficult because it's got these so many death shots that you don't realise are death shots. Like, uh, the lock shots are death shots, because if you miss, it goes out straight away. Um, so you, you knew all these, these sort of I knew all about this. <laughs> Excuse I'd, me, nuances. Yes, um, and I had already played that game there, and I'd put up a huge score on that. 
Um, I'd played it in uh, the German Pinball Open, which was a couple uh, weeks before, and um, I put up I put up the second biggest score, which was nearly rolling it, 900,000-odd points. Um, so I was pretty confident on that mm. game. Mm. Were you first player on that game? So I had been put at first player because of... Because uh, he got... I picked the game, he picked the order. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got put as first player. And um, in, uh, so I started off and I didn't go for the locks. The locks are worth it, but there's no jackpots. Um, it's just not, it just didn't feel comfortable to go for locks. So what I did is I instead lit the spinner. And the spinner is worth a thousand a spin, and that's a lot of points. Because the spinner was good. Also, to light the spinner, you have to do it in this little upper playfield thing, which is super safe. It's because a William's version of Genie, mm, really, isn't it? It's literally William's <coughs> version of Genie. Mm. Um, and this upper playfield's super safe. You know, it's got wide flippers as well. It feels like a, it's literally a mini version of the whole rest of the playfield. It feels like that. So, and it was safe when it comes down when you lose the ball from that. And you're able to just catch it and shoot it back. So I shot up there. That's where the spinner is. That's where you light the spinner. And I just lit the spinner, cool. spin the spinner, spin, spin, spin. And um, that put, and I, by the third ball, after my third ball, I put up um, 400,000. Cool. And he couldn't catch that. Uh, he couldn't catch it. He was able to get to three hundred eighty thousand, which was really close. We were looking at his bonus, and he was he wasn't sure. He said, "Nah, I haven't got it." Um, he was going for the multi ball the whole time. That caused him to have a really a house ball. Um, so that's fantastic, Tyler. Mm. And, and and you guys, I love the photo that your dad took with the both of you. Um, after you just, he was you so just he's just so nice, and I, um, I kind of felt bad because he this was the only comp he came to Europe for, and um, and then he just yeah. That's awesome. Now, um, at home, uh, it would have been about four a.m. by this stage. This was or... oh, <clears throat> yeah. So luckily, we didn't have any tiebreakers rounds, so we got straight into the finals. Well, is that lucky though? Oh yeah, the. The they gave us enough time to have a have a bite to eat, which was enough for me. That was I didn't... before the finals or after mm. that round? Because after that no. round, you went straight into the next round. So uh, that was uh, no after the eight after the eighth round of qualifying. qualifying. Usually they have tiebreakers to get top thirty two, top sixteen, and top eight. But everyone had been p- so perfect that we didn't have to do any tiebreakers. The first right. time ever. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, well, you didn't get a break before the next round because Marcus Sticks, who you were up against next, had just had a bye. Is that right? So yeah, he got top twin, oh, top sixteen. Top sixteen. Yeah. And so he got a bye, which means he was just waiting for me to get finished. Yeah. You know. And then you went straight into the next round against Marcus. Yeah. So I picked the same games: Jurassic Park, uh, Grand Lizard, and Dark Rider, and he picked. Um, Pretty much the same games. He just didn't pick Sorcerer. Instead of Sorcerer, he picked uh, Pool Sharks. Mm-hmm. He also picked uh, Godzilla and and Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, yep. And then we got started. Harlem Globetrotters. So hang on, Marcus Sticks is the number one in Austria. Yes. And he's now ranked the 15th in the world um, after these European competitions. So he picked Harlem Globetrotters, yep. 
Uh, that one I had three house balls, so I was Ooh. I just I don't I didn't play well at all um, yeah. from my knowledge, and he just he put up a good score as well. So yeah, so he's got the first one, <coughs> the second one Dark Rider. Uh, Dark Rider I just again didn't do well. He won, and then he took out Pool Sharks. Yes, which he made it th- three nil. Three nil to you it must have really shaken you up a little bit at that point. Um yeah, because I didn't want to go out like four nil. That was just that would just make me feel bad, <laughs> you know. But mm. then, uh, Grand Lizard. God's oh no, Grand Lizard oh, was yes. the next one. Grand Lizard. So I um. You used your game knowledge. I used my knowledge on that game. He had, he did the same thing as Travis. Couldn't hit that lock shot after the first and second ball, and then realized, oh no, I can't hit the lock shot. I've yeah. got to play up the top. Yeah. And by that point, I'd already put it up. I had oh. Oh, I forgot. So this game's set on one player so that you can't steal locks. Right. So um, I'd already put up a good score. Yeah. And he had gone for the locks first ball and then couldn't get it. Yeah. So that was good. That means it was one to you, three to him. You're still in with a chance. Mm-hmm. And then you had uh, Godzilla. And I just played and played and played, put up 200 million, I think. Now mm. the next the next thing is a little bit contentious because this, this is an important game. Um, something happened on the Jurassic Park. So this is three two, and I started the game up and it spat out two balls, and so I launched them, realized that there were two balls, and I was like, oh, I need to get someone over here, because two balls, it's a machine malfunction, um, and so I let the balls go, went to get the TD, the so the ref, um, which was Josh Sharp. I went to Josh Sharp and I said, ah, oh, got a malfunction on the game. Two balls spat out. And he said, did you plunge the ball? And I said, yes. Plunge them out. And and then he said, well, you plunged the ball, you let them go, you should have caught them. And that was my first ball. Done. So you, you had two options. You could either call Josh over before you served the ball into play. I didn't see the two balls. That's oh, the problem. Oh, you didn't see them? No. So you launched them out, and then the, you had two on the play field, and you let them both go. Mm. Um, whereas what he's saying is that you should have caught them both, or caught one, and let the other one go, and then the game would correct itself. Mm, maybe, yeah. Um, so that, that that's that's a learning experience. So yeah, a little rookie. But unfortunately, rookie it was a very costly learning experience for you. So, well... He so after the first two balls and I played my third ball, I had put up twenty five million and he had eighteen. Um and if I'd had that first ball I may have got I may have put up forty or so million. Yeah. And all he had to do was But that could have you could have bricked it as well. So I could have bricked it as well. You never know what would have happened. Could've. Um I could have put up a really good score off of the de- off of that first ball, but then stuffed up my second yeah. and third ball. Um, he also, on his last ball, he just shot really safe shots. So he just kept on looping these really safe shots that if you miss, you won't lo- get anything bad from it. He just was playing yeah, so it he super knew, safe to get... He knew the score that he needed, and he, he played it until he just He chopped, played it chopped, really safe. He chopped wood until he got that score, and then he'd won. Mm. I think that... But but Tyler, you, you can't second-guess what could have happened. You know, and, and after putting a good score up on the first ball, he might have seen something different about this game and put up a bigger score on his first exactly. ball. Exactly. He exactly. could have just bricked all three balls after I put a good ball under pressure. 
So that you never know. That was the end of your run, mm. and but but man, you did so well. Mm. So and and you you've 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 come you've placed you've finished in the best position that that any Kiwi has mm. throughout history. So that's really fantastic. And uh, don't beat yourself up about um, letting those two balls go. Mm. Because you've just done exceptionally well. So what an experience! How mm. did you how did you feel um, after after all that? Um, exhausted. Is the first <laughs> word. Uh, so it just been it's a twelve day competition. There's, so we had European Championship, then we had the Pinball Olympics during the week, and then we had the World Championships at the next weekend. Uh, at that weekend, so it was a twelve day event. I was pretty tired. Yeah. Yeah. And then how many days before you came got ready to come home? So this was actually on the Saturday uh, is when we finished up. And so I moved... Uh, then we had to drive to Fulda, so that's another place. That's They were ho hosting a little uh, 18 and a half, which was just a... It was just a, site, as a mini version of the World Champs. Um, and we'd planned on going there because they were like, there's no chance that I'm getting into the top 32... You know, we're just going to book a hotel there. So we had to drive to the hotel, arrive there at 1 in the morning. Oh, no. You know, take, oh, 12 o'clock at night or something like that. You know, sleep till 10. I think um, getting into the finals um, mm. deserves throwing the hotel room away if you had to stay there longer. Mm. Um, hey, Tyler, it's fantastic, mate. Well done. We're, we're all so proud of you. Mm. And, and it's great to, to see you come back and celebrate with you yesterday. Mm. Um, but now, that's not the end of the story because um, we, I wouldn't mind just touching on the fact that you, you have two of your own pinball machines now. Yes. Now, um, the first one you bought, was it last year? It was last year. Last uh, year. During the, actually exactly <clears throat> a year ago, it would so, be. And you bought it off me, which is cool. And uh, do you want to talk a little bit about um, that machine sure. for you as your first machine? So this game is Black Knight 2000. Uh, from It's a Steve Ritchie game. And I got this game from Simon. Um, we fixed it up as a school project, actually. It was a school project for me. It was also a good... I'd been looking for a pin. I'd, uh, pers I'd been trying to buy a couple pins and um, sadly lost out on the bidding. But I've been uh, trying to find a pin for a while, and Simon offered me this. He said, you can come down for a week to fix it. Um, during a pinball competitions we were on at that time. So I came down, you know, uh, we fixed up the machines, which was really, really you, cool. You, you learned quite a lot about the repair work of a System 11, or any sort of pinball of that era. Mm, right. Yes, I was able to learn, <laughs> learnt my way, uh, learned how to get around the machine quite well. Learned how to solder, uh, you know, how to just follow some wires, you know, uh, fix up the flippers, flipper rebuilds, flipper drop rebuilds, target rebuilds, drop target rebuilds, you know, um, cleaning, stripping. We re-rubbed it, LED'd it. Yep. Oh no, it was already LED'd. I think. Oh yeah. Um, but that that was a good experience for you. And then we we drove it back home uh, with you. We mm. dropped dropped you off and the machine. And you came, you came around as well for a while, just to have a, you know, just chatted and, you know, yeah. a nice weekend. Yeah. Got so to that, meet up with some people. And, and tell me about when you took it to school, because you, you presented it as your school project. So I presented this at my school project, and it just went hectic. When the, school, when the classes came through, all of them just came in, and they lined up straight away. And I, I did the same thing to all of them, I was, and I said... What are you guys doing? They're like, oh, lining up. I was like, why? You guys, are you guys going to play it? And they're like, yeah. I was like, 
No. Because I can't have... If you think about it, 30 students per class, 12 classes are in the school. That's a lot of people playing a game, and they each have to play a game each. Which oh, so is going to take ages. Was it there for display? It was there for display. I told them it was all for, there for display. Um, <coughs> and to stay away from it, because I didn't want anything... Right, but you gave a speech, you presented it to a to an audience, didn't you? I presented it to an audience of 50 people, I think, so mainly my classmates and then uh, some parents who came along, and I was the first presenter, so I was the first person out of everyone. Yeah. So I had to set the bar, yeah. and man, I set it high. <laughs> I put out a extremely... I had been working on this speech for months. Right, right. I had been going all out on this display... And everything, um, I had like spray painted a whole yeah. cardboard thing, and then hope it didn't break down while I was there. No, it didn't break it. So uh, let's talk about this little break. This well, you can say it's a breakdown, or you can say it's the school fault. So um, I did some. I had been playing, and then the game would randomly just reset. And uh, when my teacher, when the teacher was judging it, played it. That reset on her. Oh right. Um, I'd gone. I did a. I did a full check on the game. Um, so I'd been going through, you know, checking if there's power coming here. Is the power actually working? And I got all thumbs up from that. And there was only one option left, and that was to think if it was the the possibility of it being the school fault because the school demands power. It needs a lot of power to run computers, projectors. Uh, you know, charge, uh, charge different things, and then lights. There's a lot of lights in schools. And, so was know. it the fuse? So what it actually was was the school's power supply. The circuit breaker. It just the power. The power was being was too. There was too much demand for the power. Yeah. And it just, just like switched off and on. Okay. Just kept on doing these little. Resets at some of the okay. power points. All right. Some sort of circuit breaker in the switchboard. Yeah, and I had a look around, and some <clears throat> other people had tiny problems, well, small problems, because the pinball machine needs a lot, a good amount more power, but some of the other, other machine, uh, other people's things were doing a little off-on thing. Oh, okay, cool. Mm. All right, let's um talk just finally about your second machine. So you, while you... I was in Germany, a Kiss pinball machine went up for sale. This is my dream thing. This is my favourite game. Um, I started loving it once I played you, and you won on that game. When you were 12? So, yes, when I was 12. <laughs> um, and I loved it at that point. But I always had this slight problem with Kiss. And the problem, it w wasn't really a problem, but it was just an annoyance. And the, fact, the problem was is that every time I've had a chance to play it, I haven't been able to play it. So, like, well, when I was playing against you, Simon, I lost on that game. And um, so there's a little bad luck on that game, you know? Then uh, I was well, at that was, Kurt's... Second, that was only your second comp, to be fair. Yeah, but <clears throat> still bad luck on the game, in my view. I'll say bad luck. Uh, then, uh, then I played at Kurt Louis's house uh, in Belgium. It was switched off for most of the time. Bad luck. Uh... I was in Netherlands for a class trip in Amsterdam. Hotel we had, we were staying at had a Kiss pinball machine. You needed a card. I don't have a card. Bad luck. Three times bad luck. 
I was like, I've got to get over this machine. <laughs> and I finally had some good luck. And it came up for sale, and I knew straight away, I'm getting it. Straight away. Yeah. My pin. <laughs> well, we made it <clears throat> We made it happen um, remotely. So you, when you got home, henceforth, the, the KISS imposters. Oh, and God. The, and the KISS machine. And, that um, was so funny. <clears throat> and we maybe we'll take a photo next to that um, mm. after this interview. Mm. Um, hey, that's really cool, man. Now, just to wrap up... Um, what are your what are your kind of ambitions with pinball? I mean, here you are, a couple of your own machines. Your family has a collection. You're good. You're a good competitor. Mm. Uh, what what where do you want to go with it? Well, I've gone to the world stage. That was really fun. Um, now, though, I think about it, I just really want to go and meet up with all my mates again that yeah. I've met at the World Chance because they're just so friendly. So you've got suddenly got people all over the world that you can visit. I've got. Um, I know. Um, well, I got really good mates with Jason Zala and some other people in the US. I really want to see them. Want mm. to go down for a District eighty two two event, which is a big event. Um, I do want to go to America for that. Um, I also uh, wouldn't mind going to you know Canada and just you know say hello to Jeff Teolis. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he'll like to feature you on his show. He might want to feature me on the show, and then. There's also the people in Germany. I've got relatives there. Yeah. So, and then Frank Boner in France. I wouldn't mind seeing him again. He was really friendly. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, it's just got friends everywhere. That's cool, man. You know? Well, thank you so much for the chat today. And I've really enjoyed talking to you and just, just hearing you speak about your experience of the world champs. Mm. And um, we'll probably wrap it up there and we'll have a few games of Kiss. Yeah. And maybe you can kick my ass this time. Yeah, we we were before the prog uh, before that we started this we um so I'm still jet lagged from Germany so I slept till twelve o'clock so I slept twelve hours or so, and um, uh, we were planning to do this an hour earlier. Um, so That's we all good. Just quickly, we had well, I was eating. Simon wanted to play. He played his game of uh, Guardians and accidentally put two players in. So we had a little, <laughs> a little match. Wasn't Thanks, Tyler. Good. It's really great. Let's mm. have a, a, a ching ching. Cheers. All right. Thank you. You know. Thank you. Bye bye. That was cool, man. Yeah, that was good. <clears throat> that was um, that was actually an hour long, I think. Oh, that's good. That was good. Yeah, I saw You've 52. just on an hour.